Good afternoon. Hello. How is Hello. everybody today? Hello. So bad weather over here. I just got a text that all of our church events were just canceled this afternoon. Yeah. Well, we are in uh, all different parts of the country, folks. Um, well, actually, our East Coaster is now on the West Coast. So Frank is on the other side of the country. Uh, Midwest, Southeast, and East-West Coast. Um, thanks for joining us today. We're very excited to um, have a special guest and friend of mine whom I met just about almost two years now, uh, over just over a year, Lisa. Um, Lisa uh, grew up in the Mormon church, and part of what we talk about here, Christian Christianity Unleashed, is that this is an opportunity for people to either share or ask questions about these things in Christianity and churches and faiths that they have questions about that they're either too afraid to ask um, or to share. Um, and this is a safe place for us to, to ask questions. We, our chat is open, so please feel free. And um, to share information or curiosities that we've had in the faiths that we grew up in um, and all sorts of things surrounding Christianity. So um, Frank is uh, so wonderful with prayer. So Frank, would you open us up in prayer uh, today before we get started? Absolutely. All right, why don't, why don't we pray together? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now. I wanna thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for Lisa being with us uh, to be able to share her life. We thank you for crash justice and the and, and I thank you for the the availability of uh, cell service <laughs> where I am so that I can be a part of this. Lord God, may your blessing be upon upon this broadcast. We thank you in the name of your Son, our Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so um, Lisa, I just want to share everybody that we met at a Patriot event and um, it was it was the first or second time that I'd gone to our local, you know, Patriot event, which have been happening all over the country. People are gathering together saying, uh oh, something's not right. What do we do? How do we stand up for our rights? And Lisa and her friend uh, Janelle were there and they were sharing with a small group, just a friend, this was after the, the event, um, about things that gave them aha moments and they kind of woke up about things that were actually happening in the church that they were raised in. So it was very interesting uh, conversation um, for me to hear. And they were so very open to answering questions and sharing, you know, with me personally at the end of that asking questions. So, um, Lisa and I are now good and fast friends and, you know, share lots of things on our hearts. And she was um, more than happy to come on here and share and answer questions and tell her story um, about her life. And so many people have questions about the Mormon faith. Um, so share with us, you know, where she came from within that and her aha moment and, uh, you know, share it with all of you guys. So Lisa, go ahead and tell the world about yourself a little bit and, and, and share your story. Okay, well, I hope you guys interrupt and ask questions because that will make it for a better story. But um, yeah, I was, I've been raised LDS. I still consider myself LDS, I guess. If we are gonna say that you're a part of some organization, that's one. Okay, so let me interrupt first because one thing I didn't know coming from the East Coast, I heard uh, of the Mormon church but I didn't know what LDS is. And, and LDS stands for Latter-day Saint. And, sure. right, yeah. right. 
Mormon, Latter-day Saint, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, Mormons is probably the most common name. Mm -hmm. That's still the church I show up to most of the times because it's the predominant one here where I live. Um, I, there is an awesome Bible church that I go to also that I love the pastor there who is totally um, biblically minded and is into the scripture. And I love that. Like I, I was raised by a dad who taught religion classes within the LDS church. He was a seminary teacher. And my dad had a love of the Bible. He knew Hebrew. He loved the ancient words and things. And I wish I had learned more from him. He sadly passed away a few years ago. And that has also been a strong part of the reason why I'm able to ask questions. My dad was, we weren't raised to worship leaders. Like we went to the scriptures for answers. And that's how I've tried to raise my children is to, we've always read scriptures in our home. That's our nightly um ritual i guess or what we do we read scriptures we i've always taken things to the lord i like to be with the lord in scripture i have learned so many things for myself personally as i think all of you can relate when you're needing some answers to things in life the words that are found in scriptures are what we need to go to where we need to go to look for what's going on in the world what we need to do with our own life how to raise our families like there's there's what we need is there and the Lord will help us find it if that's where we're going to look. And I, I always thought when you're raised in something, you don't see the flaws in it, right? You're raised to see the shining aspects of it and look how good our church is at doing X, Y, and Z. And you're like, Oh, wow, we're part of this great organization. And, and I think there's little things that are planted over time that I would say, I would just put things on the shelf. So when I would hear things that maybe contradicted the narrative that I was raised with, I would just kind of put it on the shelf. I, I was raised by a dad, again, who taught the religion of the Mormon church, the LDS church. Um, but when I went to Methodist Bible camp as a child, I was, I was born and raised in a little community that was on the world records at one point for having the most churches for the amount of people that lived in the town. So I was raised in a beautiful community of people who believe differently than me. And I, I'm grateful. It was predominantly LDS still. I'm grateful there were so many other religions and that my parents weren't afraid of other people's viewpoints or religions that we all, we all can have to know our savior. He's no respecter of persons. He calls out to all of us and will try to reach us whatever ways he can. So I went to Methodist Bible camp as a little kid. I remember learning some fun songs there that we didn't have sing in our, our children's primary, neither here nor there. It just, it's different. And they were beautiful in the way that they worshiped. I, we, I remember going to a strip mall in a, in a small town about 15 minutes away and going to someone else's service there. I remember going to other pastors' houses and meeting with them and listening to them. I mean, I love the fact that my dad was a, he was a lover of truth wherever it was found. And our bookshelves were full of books on every denomination, Hebrew. He loved biblical things. He loved the words. What did the words mean? And so I'm grateful for that. That's a part of me. That's a part of who I am. That's a part of how I was raised. And I'm grateful for that because it's allowed me to look at things, I think, from a different perspective of a lot of people who are raised within organized religion. But it, it wasn't until 2020 that I really got knocked over the head and started picking up those things that I had just put on the shelf and unpacking them all and really, really deciding, am I built on Christ 
or am I built on some religion that man has created and come up with? Because religion, where it's a good vehicle to try to bring people to Christ, it is also a great way to hide um, lies and false information and false tradition in. And I couldn't see the false traditions of my church. I could, I could point them out to you in your own. I could point out some probably poor teachings that maybe you were listening to, but you couldn't have convinced me that I was also participating in and believing things that were not biblically sound and that actually we are warned about in scripture. Like Isaiah isn't speaking to others. He's speaking to all Christians. All of us are, we have seated on the Lord. We've gone astray. We need to repent. We need to return to God. We need to relationship with our Lord. And instead in our church, especially lately, the only thing that they're counting in is relationship with leaders. A leader can never lead us astray. And that is such blasphemous teaching found nowhere in scripture. And that was upsetting to me. That's still upsetting to me. Can I can I interrupt? And, and can you just share the hierarchy of what you mean? Because I know now, but I didn't know. And you don't know if you're not aware of that in, within the church. Sure. So you're raised from the time you're little to believe that our church is the only church that at its head has a living prophet. And so, um, you know, how sad it is for all the other churches. You guys just have leaders that kind of have some of the truth, but not all of the truth. But we have a living prophet who speaks to God and tells us God's will. But the interesting thing about that is, is we all just accept that. We don't question that. Okay, he speaks to God. But yet he's never shares his experience with God, which is interesting because, right, all of the prophets in scripture share their personal witness of the experience they've had with God. Moses in the burning bush, Moses on Mount Sinai, being in the Lord's presence and then bringing to us the word of the Lord that is relevant. And it's usually hard. Isaiah wasn't well liked in his time period. We consider him a prophet. But, you know, how many people liked Isaiah or listened to Isaiah? I mean, he was shunned. He didn't dress well. He wasn't paid. He, people didn't roll out the red carpet where he went. And so, um, but we just believed, oh, our prophet, he's so holy, right? I mean, they dress up so, so great. And then they climb up on these seats every six months. This coming Sunday is their conference. These men will dress up in these fine, expensive wool suits. They'll go up to the front of this great and spacious building. And they will give these talks where they act as if they are, you know, they whatever they say, we must just accept. And and now they're saying things like being good global citizens. They're aligning themselves very, very much with the United Nations world order and things like that. It's it's frightening. But most people won't ask why are our leaders doing this, and most people won't go to Isaiah and read that it's prophesied that both your priest and your prophet are profane. So in the Catholic Church, right, we they have a priest and we profess to have a prophet, and both of them are, are shaking hands and and speaking well of each other, which should horrify many people that our prophet thinks called the Pope, his holiness, again, which is blasphemy. The word holiness is only used a few times in scripture and it's to denote our, the Lord God, not a man here on earth. So it's, it's just waking up and seeing those things and then being like, whoa, wait a minute. I need to start looking in 
I thought was true. And so it allowed me to like throw everything out, literally everything that I thought I, I could have told you I believed and thought was real and going to the scriptures and to the Lord to verify, is this true? Or is this false tradition, which is a painful, like that's a painful process. And people don't really like that you're doing that. Within the LDS faith, in order to go, they build temples all over the world. And so they pride themselves on, they send out missionaries. My children have been missionaries. I've sent them out. I've encouraged them to go. What a great opportunity for you to go and share the gospel of Christ. And I've said to them, I hope that's what you're sharing is the gospel of Christ, not gospel in following a man. Like people need to be brought to Christ. But, uh, you know, our religion has all these things. And, you know, it's from the outside looking in, you would say that we were a part of a cult. And when you really open your eyes, you say, yeah, we really are because we're spiritually controlled and emotionally controlled. If we question the leaders, they start to take things from you and they'll eventually take your membership for asking questions of the prophet. Even if you can validate them in scripture and people say things like, oh, well, you can make the scripture say anything you want. Well, then tell me in scripture where it says that we should put all of our faith into a man. Tell me where that the test of this life is to come down and follow a man and to not relationship with the Lord, not create relationship with God, but to actually create trust and relationship in men and teachings of men. Tell me where in scripture where it tells us that we should be a part of an organizations that um, are built up to get gain. And, you know, they're the wealthy organizations of the world are these churches. And right now, interestingly enough, during COVID, supposedly the, the Mormon church became the most wealth in the world. That's should horrify people, too, oh. um, that, that we have surpassed the Catholic church. So yeah. and then you wonder, I mean, the Lord tells us to take care of the poor among us. And part of the tenets of our church is that we pay 10 percent of our income to our church and that gains us access to eternal salvation. Like that is tied to our ability to go do temple work and they link temple work to our eternal salvation, which is interesting. So it's not relationship with Christ. It's all this checklist of, of things that we need to do. It's very much a reincarnation of the Catholic church. It's the exact same thing where we have a high leader and we're supposed to follow and accept everything he says and that we're supposed to have to just do whatever he tells us to do, never checking or asking the Lord, uh, which is, is scary, right? The Isaiah, what does he do? He points people to Christ, relationship with Christ, repentance, calling upon the Lord, not listening to him. I mean, he's trying to point you to Christ, but that's what a true leader or prophet should do is always get out of the way and point people to the Lord. I don't know, go out to the Lord. If you don't, if what I'm saying is uncomfortable, and that's the other thing, is we have been very geared towards comfortable speech. When something makes us feel uncomfortable, then we're like, oh, well, that's not true because I don't feel the spirit. Not realizing how emotionally controlled and brainwashed we've all become, not just in religion, in all of society. We are so emotionally controlled and brainwashed to believe beautiful people who have platforms get up and say, use words like unity and love and peace. Well, unity to whom? Peace is from whom? You know, we don't ask any questions. We just, they're like, oh, that makes me feel so good inside. That must be true. But the adversary is incredibly good at his craft. He is really good at fighting in, in plain sight in places that profess to have the truth. And just like at 
time, they had an organized church. These people professed that they were the chosen people. The Jews had their scriptures. The, their leaders got up and read the scriptures to them. They were in charge of kind of interpreting them to them, just like the Pope did for the Catholics. It's the same cycle again and again and again. So then we we set up a church and and we were like, oh, we've got prophets, which is great. Wouldn't we all wouldn't we all want to have a prophet, somebody that we can go to when we don't feel like we can get inspiration on our own and be like, okay, they can tell us what to do. Which okay, so so I just wanna um, put this disclaimer in here. I, I believe you're not saying you're not saying that you shouldn't go to church and get your inspiration and teaching from someone. It's just sure. the people that to profess to be the holy entity or connection to God as a prophet. So not a pastor or someone like Frank who teaches on church, because there are people that know this information that help you bridge the gap to learn more about Christ and get closer to Christ. So that's And those people aren't standing in your way of Christ. Right. They're always trying to get out of the way and try to tell you, uh, pointing you back to the Lord. Right. And, so those and, are not, and you're not making you pay them Right. In order for you to have your eternal salvation. You know what I mean? That's not a requisite for your, your, right. If you are going right. to make it or not in right. the next. So, right? so the beware is the conditions, the conditions. Yeah. And, and I think there's many great LDS people, Catholics, anybody who's sitting yes. in any denomination can find Christ if that's what they're looking for. Because the thing is, is, is we have, if we have scriptures to open up, we can find Christ regardless of who's standing at the front of the room. And there are many wonderful people, leaders and everything else in the LDS church who do point to Christ and who think that that's what our church is trying to point us to and who aren't, who aren't allowing themselves to open their eyes to see what our church is truly teaching right now. And so, so yes, no, there's wonderful, wonderful leaders but they should never be standing in the place of Christ or pointing to themselves. Right, right, right. Okay. I find it interesting how many um, denominations and the larger, uh, larger groups of all the religions that are aligning themselves with the globalist, uh, you know, prophesized marks, mark of the beast system, and um, they're twisting scripture so eloquently to make it seem like that's not what this is. And it seems across the board, um, it doesn't matter which denomination or whatever you're in, it just matters which church you found or which group you found as to whether or not that's how they're spinning it. Right, and I think that's how come, I mean, so I have met so many amazing people and connected with so many people from so many different religious backgrounds and upbringings that have that are all just horrified at what's at what's going on. And I mean, the Lord is sifting out people who are truly trust in and believe in Him versus trust in the arm of flesh. And so, so it actually has been quite a beautiful experience, honestly, the last couple of years. I, I have had a renewal of relationship with the Lord. We all kind of let it slip and get busy. This world is so distracting. And so it's been a great opportunity to uh, renew that relationship with him, to make sure that he's who I'm he's who I'm talking to. He is who I'm going to for guidance and be very careful on I'm listening to and anybody who's promoting the globalist agenda, I'm not interested in. 
I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in unity with the United Nations. I'm not interested in being unified with globalists who are who their very bylaws are population decrease through whatever means possible. They don't care for us. They don't truly care for the planet either. They make it seem as if humans, just us living and breathing is, you know, is, is horrible. And so I, I, I don't know, but I just, I love the religion I was raised in for the fact that I found God within it. So for that, I will always be grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I did learn from. There are good, genuine people in that religion like any other that are truly trying to find their Lord and Savior. And and I and I think this the last couple of years have been a great opportunity to connect with people everywhere who are doing the same thing and to realize that despite the religion that we were grown up in or we affiliate with now, that our path that we all need to be headed on is personal relationship with the Lord. And we'd be thinking upon his words. If we're not opening up his scriptures and if we're not in there learning from them or watching people who are trying to help open them up to us, there are so many great people who I found videos that are years old and I'm like, oh my goodness, these people have been warning and using their voice and their platform to try to wake people up years before you know, these things were put in place. I mean, there's so much information out there about what's going on right now and the, the agenda that's being pushed by every, like you said, every religious denomination is lining up behind it. And that's part of the thing. Part of the plan is using religious leaders to make people feel lull us to sleep and be like, oh, all's well. We can just follow our religious leaders and we have no idea what's prophesied. Our destruction is prophesied because, especially in America, we were founded on God and yet nobody trusts in him. We don't even, I mean, just the basic idea that we have an immune system and how to take care of it. Where are the religious leaders saying, hey, maybe you guys should look at how to take care of it and eat better food. But we have all of us fallen victim to these globalists. We've eaten their crap food that they have marketed to us. And we have destroyed our sensitivities to the spirit by what we've eaten and what we've taken in. Now they want to put these injections in that when you do a little bit of research, it's clear it destroys your ability to feel the spirit. It genetically modifies and alters you, which is satanic in, at its core. Satan desires nothing more than to destroy the Lord's creations. They have destroyed the water that we drink, the air that we breathe, the food that we eat, and now our very bodies, the temples of the Lord that, that should house our spirits where we commune with God daily, momently, and they are destroying them by putting these toxins in. And they brag about it. They brag about how, how they are you know, so gifted and talented of scientists that they now understand how, you know, I'm this, I watch a video of, of them explaining the CRISPR technology, they're marketing for it. And they have this cute young girl, right? We always have to have beautiful people marketing for us. This cute, young, peppy little gal who's like, oh, CRISPR technology is so great. We don't know what 90% of our DNA does. And so CRISPR technology can go in and alter and edit it and, you know, how, how great is that? Really? Do we want that in our bodies? And so many people have been deceived into taking I'm not condemning anyone who has put this into their body. But they need to understand what they've done. 
And then they need to repent. They literally need to break their heart and repent. I had a near mental collapse and breakdown when I realized how much I had cheated on the Lord. It was horrifying when I realized that I, I was such a, a cheater, you know, and, and really hadn't been, I mean, if, if Christ calls himself the bridegroom and as the church, we are to be his bride. Whenever we are seeking counsel from other people and trusting in them above him, we have cheated on him. Yeah, we can have relationship with other people, like in a good marriage. We can talk to other people and get their advice and opinion. But the person that we want relationship with most in a good marriage anyway is with that person. And so it was, it was mentally... It really did a number on me mentally when I awakened to the sense of my awful situation, the situation I was in through ignorance, really, just um, just not wanting to know the truth, I guess. But, but how grateful I am for the last couple of years. I am so grateful for a, a merciful God who has given us more time to repent and return to him before what the continuing i mean this isn't over that what, what's going on right now this is not over this is just the beginning and what a beautiful thing that the lord is giving many believers time to repent and to return to him and to call upon him and to find other people that are are warning and using their voice regardless of the consequences so when i woke up and started saying things oh it did not go over well it doesn't go over well yeah we relate. <laughs> Can I step in? Yes. Uh, Lisa, you're doing a great We can't hear you, Frank. How do you use it? Frank, it's skipping. No. You're, you're in and out. Okay, try um, again. All right, how, how about now? Better. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I shut my video off, so hopefully... We're going through the mountains uh, in in, uh, in the northern um, California, so I apologize for that. Okay, okay, so the question is, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your uh, story with us. Um, God uses many different things to kind of get our attention. Uh, most of us in 2020, it was something that really just was the switch. Uh, we lost you, Frank. Well, Frank, if I'm understanding, are you wanting to know what my switch was? Uh, we what lost what was it that God used to really, uh, open your eyes? Okay, so that's that is really interesting. So when this whole thing started, I believed it, right? We had been programmed to believe what was going on. I think like many people. And so you kind of scurry home and you hide and you're like, ah, we're all going to die. I mean, we have been prepared for this. How, how much programming have they already put in place in all of us to be like, oh, we're due for a pandemic and Spanish flu and all the death, 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 prepare. And then they're like, pandemic. And then they're giving all these numbers and we get these numbers out of England from these educated people that are like millions of people are going to die. So we scurried home and then you kind of poke your head up and you start to look around and you say, this just doesn't pass the sniff test. This just isn't making sense. You know, um, we, we are going to go around like this, covering our God-given faces and pretending as if this. And then if, if this is going to save us or anybody else, 
as our breath escapes, you know, living here in a cold climate, you, if you go skiing before the pandemic or during the pandemic, you put on a face mask to protect your mouth. Well, where does your breath go? Everywhere still, it still goes out. There's no, we can't stop the spread of germs and things like that. And there was no teaching of, you know, let's boost the immune systems and different things like this. There never is, right? It's all trust in big pharma. We've got a shot for you. We've got a pill for you. It won't cure you, but you can take it the rest of your life. And boy, we're going to earn a lot of money on you. And look at the stock shares we're going to get, right? Bill Gates is like, my returns on, on investment for injecting people is 21. Well, now they're pushing all of the, the you know, drugs that they've created. Yeah. In the, in the years preceding all of this, they created drugs for all of the side effects people are getting. Right. For all the immune diseases. They're staging all these things to be like, oh, look at this drug that we have for this problem that you suddenly have. That's right. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> right. I mean, really? there's that now we're having vaccine-induced AIDS. But the thing that... It opened my eyes was to watch how our leaders responded. So I had a son who was on a mission at the time and the LDS church, right? And we're like, oh, they, they were so inspired. They, they sent these boys home. And so I'm like, oh, good. The prophet's aware. It must be bad if they're sending these foreign missionaries home. It's going to get bad. And, and your heart just aches. Like, I don't want to watch this. But we know that death is coming. Why? Because the elites are creating it. And... Um, and God will allow him their agency to do that. But he also allows us to wake up and to try to protect ourselves and to, to see what they're doing. But anyway, and so my son comes home from his mission. You go to the airport. It's like an apocalyptic zone. You go and you have a, a letter of the alphabet. You drive there. They tell you, don't get out of your car. Don't touch your missionary. One of his missionary companion's parents wouldn't even go see him because they were afraid of the germs. So they got him an Uber to a hotel where he could, he could spend two weeks before they saw him. And then we didn't post any pictures about him coming home from his mission because we didn't want people to see that our whole family was got together and we're touching each other and hugging each other. And we weren't masked up because the public shaming that was going on in the public hall was beyond believable. So we welcome our son home and we're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? He gets married during this. We have a big, huge party celebration and at the same time they had had a celebration in a nearby city and it made the news because they were super spreaders so we didn't post one thing about his wedding that he had we were all there unmasked dancing my grandfather came we loved on him we kissed on him we danced with him we touched him he was unmasked we were unmasked thank goodness because he died just before he turned 90 many other people turned their backs on their old folks out of love and kindness we let them rot in old care centers where we were locked out of loving on our old people, loving on people and families. And so we were, we were forced in the name of, of being good Christians to do the most unchristian like things and watching as our, as my religion followed along exactly with this sick, just messed up idea. And then we never would wear the mask to church. We go, went unmasked. And thank goodness the, the leaders in our area, it depends on how communist your leaders are, how they responded. But we were never told we couldn't go in there unmasked. We sat in the back and went unmasked because we were going to show people our faith. 
the faith we have in our Lord and in the body and the immune system he gave us. And that even if we died during this, we still are going to go out loving, teaching, helping and serving, being around people. I would go visit a lady who had just turned 90, but I didn't want her to tell anyone, but she wanted me to come visit her. But I'm like, well, if anyone finds out I come and I come unmasked and we sit and hug and talk to each other, then if you die, they're going to blame it on me, right? We're killing our old people. Our 90-year-old grandparents, older people, she's still alive. She's had COVID, but you know, and and she still comes on masks and there's this beautiful lady. But the thing that just tripped it was I had posted some stuff about how bad the vaccines were. I had learned about how evil they were. So I was trying to warn people about the evilness of this vaccine and how horrifying they would be. You know, because when we learn something, we have to go and try to warn our neighbor. That's what real Christ-like love is, is saying, hey, this is a hard truth for you to hear and it's hard for me to say. It makes me uncomfortable to expose myself in this way. Lord, why are you asking me to get online and post all this stuff? You're making me look insane. I <laughs> right? Welcome to the club. Yeah, and so, but I couldn't I couldn't stop posting and trying. If I just, if I kept one person from injecting yes. themselves or their children, it was worth making me look like a lunatic to do that. Yeah. This is horrifying what they're doing. We have people here who have their children have gout. What 15 year old has gout in their feet? Yeah. What? I have, I work for a homeopath and people come and get scans. All these young people are coming. The last couple that came, they, they were both vaccinated and they're like, we have all these problems. We don't know what's going on. And I'm like, have you been vaccinated? And if they've been vaccinated, that's what it is. And they said their daughter, since they vaccinated her, she passes out every time she exercises. She's a senior in high school. Yeah. And my heart hurts. I'm yeah. sorry you didn't hear me or someone else. And they're in tears as parents realizing what they have done to their children, that they have taken faith in, that when the test came of who we put our faith in, do we have faith in the Lord? Can he heal us? Can he overcome a pandemic? Yeah. Or do we have to go to Bill Gates, who's going to earn 20 to 1 return on his investment in banking on the fact that we're going to go take his injection? And our church... Our church invested hundreds of millions of dollars in these people. Yes. When you find out that the money that you're giving them, thinking that they're going to help the poor, they only take 1% of it and help the poor. It would have been better for me to go help the poor in my own neighborhood. Right. right. So that's what I'm doing. I can't pay them anymore, not knowing what they do with my money. Right. Right, right. I think everybody... We have tens of thousands dying every single day around the world from starving to death. But we're investing in this. Right, right, right. Well, and then our church made a big public announcement about how much money they were giving to make sure the poor people, you know, how sad for these poor people in these poor countries who can't get vaccines. You know what's what even worse is that they don't have clean water. Yeah. Or they don't have good food to eat. And yeah. we say in our church, there's six and a half million members, give or take, and they have a hundred and hundred billion trust fund that they've been putting money into and not taking it out and distributing it to the poor. That's six million dollars. There's a lot of poor people in our church. Six million dollars per person goes a long way to alleviate poverty, I think. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And Pat and I were actually talking about it this morning. We were saying, isn't it interesting that how 
someone that would die for you, a family member, a child, a mother that has researched these dangers comes to you and tells you and shows you, look, this is dangerous. It's a 98% survival rate. This is, but those people choose to listen and trust complete strangers that come through a box, a screen. But and earn money on them doing what they tell well, well, like these poor parents of these yeah. children and how horrific it is to wake up and realize that they've been duped in the most devious way. It, it, I mean, it's, I it, think the most frustrating part to me is right now where what we've been exposing for the last two and a half years about this is starting to be told on the news and they're coming up and acting like it's now real because it's on the news, but that what we told them before wasn't verified and therefore it really didn't count that we warned them. Right. It's only now that it's on the news that it's real. And that it's... But we knew that too. We talked about right. it. Yeah, but I mean, like, that, to me, that's, that's frustrating because they come up and they say stuff and it's not a, oh, you were right or whatever. It's, they know now, even yeah, though it's yeah. the research that we had already presented. It's heartbreaking. It's mm -hmm. heartbreaking. So, um... Lisa, are you you're still going to church? When the spirit tells me to go, I'll go. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what? It's been interesting is I have gone and been able to make some great comments. The one Sunday I wasn't going to go and I was actually at the Bible church and there's ends and I had enough time to go over for the second hour of, of um, the Mormon church. And I just felt strongly like you need to go. And so I was like, ah. Like sometimes it is like fighting a demon to go because, you know, nobody likes seeing you there anymore. Yeah. The people that used to be friendly with you and look at you in the eye and want to have a conversation, they avoid, they act like they didn't see you and turn and head off the other way. No one sits by you. Or if they do, you are like, gosh, you're brave. Because then it looks like, oh, are you talking to her? Because again, in our, in our church, when people ask questions, we're apostate, right? You're no longer can associate with them and be in good standing with the church. Cause one of the, the, the recommend interview questions to go into the temple again, one of them is, do you associate or affiliate with people that are, you know, not in good standing with the church apostates or whatever. And, and so when you're starting to ask questions and then I think that the thing that is just kind of taught is when people are struggling with their things and they're trying to ask questions about different things and you don't know the answers, it's just like, ah, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to talk to you. And I don't want you ruining my testimony or my faith. Well, my testimony is in Christ, our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to ruin your faith in anything. I don't want to destroy your faith. I want to remind you of who our faith should be in. And what it should be founded upon. I'm not trying to destroy anybody's faith. The adversary loves to hide within religion. So then when we're hiding there, a lot of times we throw out religion and we throw out Christ altogether. And then he loves that too, right? Oh, gosh, now that you found all the problems in your church, oh, just become disillusioned and hate the Lord, right? He wins either side of the track. So right. we've got to be very careful that who we are following is the Lord. So this Wednesday, I went and I ended up, the teacher passed out a quote and, and people were reading scriptures, which is rare in this second meeting for it's a, it's with the ladies. And usually that is focused solely on, on reading the words of prophets 
regurgitated again and again, just regurgitating them. But this time she focused on the footnoted scriptures. Again, when our prophet gets up to speak, he doesn't open up scriptures and speak from the spirit. He speaks from a teleprompter, a prescripted speech that has gone through speech writers and improved to make sure legally, you know, we're not going to upset anybody because they have to teach their little soothing words. They can't be bold anymore and, and cry, you know, repentance, or then you're not you're not unified and you're, you're unaccepting and you're speaking out against things. So anyway, they have these carefully legally scripted things that they speak from teleprompters. Gosh, I would love to get up there and actually open their scriptures and expound from Isaiah. And the only way that you know that they even use the scripture as a background is when you get it in printed form, it's footnoted. But usually they don't even say, in Isaiah, he teaches us this. And they don't say, I, hey, open your scriptures to Isaiah 46 and let's expound it. It's ridiculous. Right. And so anyway, this teacher, for whatever reason, she's like, we're going to just read the scriptures. And so I end up getting Isaiah 29. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is a great scripture. It's so about right now. It condemns our church. And so I read it and gave just brief like explanation. And hopefully anybody who has the spirit, the spirit is a beautiful thing to open our eyes to what truth is. Right, and right. I don't need to I don't need to try to get everybody to see everything the same way I do. I don't I don't want that. We shouldn't all see it the same way. Right. We, we aren't trying to get everybody to be little robots and, and do it one way or another. We need people who are resting with the Lord, who are trying to find the Lord's will for them, which what the Lord wants me to do is different than what he wants you to do or anybody else. We've got to find our path with God and know that we're right with him and doing what he wants us to do. But anyway, I don't know. So I do crazy person in the What's that? I was just say, I don't know. It sounds like we're pretty much doing the same mission here, being the crazy person that tells everybody what they don't want to hear. Right. Well, I like what you said earlier, you know, and that's one thing that I just want to point out to, to people. And you never know who's listening if somebody's really well versed in the Bible. But Frank says it all the time. Just go back to scripture. If you feel like you're lost, the Bible is your guidebook. And, and, and you said it really well, Lisa. Just look at the gatekeepers. If somebody is giving you a condition that you can't get to Jesus unless you do this. Jesus is the only one that's allowed to give you that condition. And those conditions are in the Bible, right? right. So right. anything else, paying tithes, not saying your Hail Marys, whatever it is, those things are not in our guidebook, in our Bible. So, you know, if you're questioning things and you're feeling, you know, you've got the Holy Spirit or, or your intuition, whatever you want to call it, I call it the Holy Spirit telling you, something's not right, pay attention and listen, because that is God talking to you. That's how, that's how I feel. And that's what I truly believe. But if there's somebody between you and Jesus, you can sit down any day and have a conversation and build your relationship any morning, any noon, any night, and talk directly to the Lord without having any conditions in there. So just pay attention to that and, you know, do it. If you feel like there is somebody telling you, you can't completely false. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, tithing is talked about in scripture, but it's always talked in relation to the poor and, and the Lord comes and teaches and expounds upon it. Like, who is your neighbor? Take care of the poor among you. And, and our innate desire, this, our conscience, the spirit of the Lord that's in all of us, that dwells within all of us, that's been planted there by God. We all want to go help alleviate suffering. 
And that's how come things like the Clinton Foundation and the Catholic Charities and everything, those people who work for the Clinton Foundation's Catholic Charities, they're not bad people. But the people at the top are, they just manage the funds. And so how beautiful would our world be is if we just, all of us looked and took care of those closest to us that needed our help. And as soon as they were on their feet, look a little further out and a little further out still. There is enough resources within every country for them to alleviate the suffering of their own people. That's, I was going to say that to you before earlier, actually. Let me interrupt you. Um, and I forgot, but I just got reminded when you were talking about like this global agenda. And I also wanted people to remember, take a look at who's keeping us apart. Right. You know, there's there's many religions that will say if you if you don't do this, you're not welcome. People from another religion is not welcome. You know, so these people that are pulling the puppet strings are the ones keeping us apart. And they're the ones that say they want global unity. Well, it's obviously a big trick, but, you know, either through the color of our skin, through the religion that we believe, through through our sexual orientation, uh, through uh, this on your face or not, through there's always a new thing to try to drive us apart. So as soon as everybody realizes that, and so many people are start to wake up and go, you know what, you know, I stopped going to my church because my pastor whom I love dearly family friend stood up in front in fear, separated people that took the shot versus people that didn't, or people that had masks for wore a mask. So how do you then have faith in a man who's teaching you about the unbelievable power of God that's in their so fear to walk out. I love him as a friend. I do dearly, but my faith in his teaching. How do you have faith in that after that? Sorry, Crash. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like I would have gotten up and left so quickly if that would have gone on in my church. I almost left the other day yeah. because they were like, "We stand with you know the Nazis," and I was like, <laughs> "Like, did no. you did you school them?" Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. I even I did a devotional where I I made sure that I truth bombs in there. But yeah, it's just like, you know, this is if you're if you're gonna stand in front of people, at least do some research. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the propaganda part of it, right? That's what makes this difficult. That's where Frank, you know, Frank, I love when I first started watching Frank's broadcasts, um, he was talking about, you know, the actor, Mr. H A N X, and he had exposed, he talked about, you know, the 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 hidden and the surface and hidden levels of life. And, you know, a lot of this people, you know, can it's coming out because the, the, the acting that's being portrayed through the media, they can't really hide it anymore. It's almost hard to keep it hidden. But sadly, it's, it's fun to watch them crack, though. It will. It is fun to watch them crack. Yeah. Yeah. But and uh, it's so it's easy to find the ties and who's paying who now, because we're all so awake that everybody's working together. And so it's not like when Frank started on and, and trying to learn all of the stuff that's going on with that guy. Now, you know, the Will Smith thing happened. And within like a day, everybody's like, oh, yeah, he was paid by Pfizer. Here's the link. And this is what they did. And it's like, oh, right. okay. well, that was quick. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you guys are hearing my quail. I'm sorry. I, I just got quail and I had to separate him because he was being chased. And now he's upset. So he's yelling. But um, so I have another question for you, Lisa, because um, th some of the things you talk about you know, it's going back to the topic which is is the mormon faith which so many people don't know about but um so when you when you all churches must be different because i've heard that like for you to either be doing this interview or for you to go in and and question like you said they will take things away from you 
explain to me what the excommunication part is and is can that be done so easily in one particular church um, and not so easily in others? Like, is it up to the heads of the church or is it, is it like a, um, you know, a church-wide thing, no matter where the church is, is it a type of a rule? Because clearly you have not been excommunicated and, you know, we've had a lot of discussions about this and you have no qualms about being vocal and sharing truth. So in what instances does that type of a thing happen and what does it entail? Yeah, it, this is a strange conversation, right? To be like, okay, I'm, I'm working towards getting myself kicked out of my church, which is not what I'm doing, honestly. I'm not trying to get kicked out. And I, again, the scriptures bring me comfort. Uh, there was organized religion, a group of people who believed they were the true people with the true leaders at the time of Christ. And uh, they, they didn't love Christ, right? They didn't recognize him. He expounds the scriptures to him, tries to to connect the dots for him. Like, hey, here's what your scriptures say. Here's what I've come and done. I'm connecting it for you so you can see I am he. I am who I am. He never, he never denied the fact of who he was or what his purpose was there. And then he told his apostles, hey, you're going to be hated for my namesake. Because you actually believe in me, people don't love it. Like we want everyone to do the same. We want someone that's like, "Hey, I am." Wait, this is wrong. And we start to look at our false traditions. And we don't do it. People are like, because we don't want to think we have to change. So when other people around us are changing and and growing, we're like, "Wait, oh, that's not that big of a deal." The Lord doesn't really mean for us to do X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm I'm sure we're we're all fine. Kumbaya, all's well. You know, but. But the Lord says, no, you're going to be hated for my namesake. When you truly become a disciple of mine, what's that? Pray. Oh, anyway, when we, the Lord says, you'll be hated for my namesake. You'll be kicked out of your synagogue. Meaning you're going to be excommunicated. But the apostles still continued going to try and tried to go and find what whoever they could. So they still continued going to the churches and the synagogues to try to expound the scriptures to them and point out to them, this is what our scriptures say and to prove to them who Christ was. And, and so for me, that's, that's what I'm in. And I'm not afraid to be mocked, hated, or even thrown out of my own church because my relationship is with the Lord and no man can, can throw me out of the kingdom of heaven. That's so the we don't have. In which case, in what circumstance would that happen? Because I've only ever heard, I've heard that with uh, another religion called the Jehovah's Witnesses. And then I've heard it just recently that in, in the Mormon faith, you can also be excommunicated. Now, I don't know how many people. How I many was people kicked out of a Baptist church because I, you know, you was dancing about what they were doing. So, so within, so the, 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 Great thing that the Mormon church has is they hold your eternal salvation. And so when I made a Facebook post about a year, it was before our uh, Russell M. Nelson uh, did a huge publicity stunt for the vaccine. And I had made a post before that and I did a picture. It was kind of an oblong picture and, and I had created it and it, it was a picture of Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Biden. And then underneath those three pictures, I had Trump. Uh, the Pope and, and Russell and Nelson. And in between that, I said, all of these men want to help save you. 
right? All of them were trying to give us advice on how to save us. Right. And I put a picture of Christ on the other side and I said, but only one can. You would have thought that I had just announced my allegiance to Lucifer himself. Wow. People came unhinged on that post. What are you saying, Lisa? Blah, blah, blah. So I got called into my bishop like the next day. And the crazy thing is, is before I made that post, I had been in fasting and prayer with the Lord for days, just pouring out my soul to him, telling him how I wanted that I was like, talk about a broken heart. Talk about breaking to the point of realizing that you are have not been worshiping the Lord, that you have been relying too much on the arm of flesh. And then you realize that these arm of flesh are in bed with the devil himself mm-hmm. by promoting these satanic agendas that are going to depopulate and harm people, not save them. And um, so I was broken and I just really wanted to clean out my vessel so that I could have more of the spirit of higher portion. And the Lord said to me, Lisa, are you willing to lay down your church membership? Are you willing to lay that on the altar to have a relationship with me? And I was really caught off guard with that. I was like, what? Why would you ask for that? And I was like, yes. And then he showed me that image and I went and made it and I posted it like at midnight. Anyway, it, it went, it just blew up my thing. I mean, I, I have friends on Facebook. My posts get a few likes here or there, five comments once in a while. This one got hundreds of comments and it just went, it just grew late, right? Wow. It shared a bunch of times. Anyway, the next day I get a text my ecclesiastical leader, they're called bishops of your local congregations. And he said, hey, I think you need to come in here. We need to talk about some problems, some struggles that you're having. And I was like, I don't, I'm not having any struggles. Thanks though. And he's like, no, you need to come in. We need to talk about what you posted on Facebook. So I said, sure. If you'll, did you read the scriptures? Because I put a lot of scriptures in my comments to verify, to validate what I was saying. I didn't just I'm not like, hey, listen to me, and I have this this idea that we should believe in our immune system and trust in the Lord. Um, There's actually scriptures that tell us not to trust in sorcery. I didn't see them, and a lot of people haven't seen them because we don't realize we don't realize our root words. We don't realize that the root for the word sorcery in Greek is pharmakia, Mm -hmm. and so and then we're like, oh, you hate doctors, you hate modern medicine. I never said that. You said that. And I don't hate doctors. They were educated to, with in this system, and their desire is to do good. But the Lord, but Satan has adulterated that. He doesn't teach them how to use the free herbs from the Lord. Mm-hmm. He doesn't teach them how to heal bodies. He teaches how to keep them sick enough with the medication. Isn't it amazing how few people quote the scriptures about how God provided the plants and everything for us? Yeah. To help us yeah. Well, and and the crazy thing is, is one of the big, huge things that differentiates the Mormon church, at least in their mind, is they have a scripture that is called the word of wisdom that is supposed to teach you the plan of health. And at the beginning of it, it says this is to protect you from conspiring men in the last days. And it goes through the appropriate foods to eat to keep your body healthy. Yeah. People think they live the word of wisdom because they don't drink and they don't smoke and which are good things. But the problem is, is within it, it tells you what you should be eating. And it's plant-based. It's based on mainly fruits and vegetables and the herbs and plants that come out and the way that we can heal ourselves. So, yeah, no one's quoting any kind of scripture on 
that or exposing the darkness of what sorcery is in modern day. I remember hearing the word sorcery and thinking, gosh, I'm glad I don't live in those days of cauldrons and black dark arts yeah, yeah, yeah. in test tubes now. Right. It's, and it's so, not just that. I mean, look at, um, you know, we've, we've t touched on it a few times that, you know, people are so brainwashed, but it's amazing how you can tell the people that watch the programming on TV, they are almost like under a spell. Right. Yeah. Well, they're programmed. It's called right. a programming. No, right. I mean, the, the thing is called a television for a reason. It's telling yeah. the vision. We channel. Everything's put on a channel. We channel it. You know, I mean, it's all named. It's named right out in front of us. We just didn't see it. Right. We didn't see that we were being brainwashed from a box that sends us this signal and it signals us and it tells us what to do. And we all bow down to it and we worship it. And we worship those beautiful people that are so articulate and so educated, right? I'm just a bum. I'm a potato bum out of Idaho. Never got some higher degree. Got myself a bunch of kids in the garden and some animals around here. What the hell do I know, right? I just don't know anything. I don't have a degree to back up my opinion. But that's why the scriptures are a great leveling thing, and especially the spirit of the Lord, where he can open up our minds to see things. But anyway, I got called in, and I was told that I needed to take down my Facebook post. And I was like, well, why? What did I say? And, and we never went over any scriptures. The scriptures were never opened one time during the discussion on his part. I brought mine and tried to open his mind and expound the scriptures. But again, when you're in a leadership role, it's just like what happened at the time of Christ. How many Pharisees transitioned over to Christ? And it says in John that many of them believed the words that he spoke, but because of fear of the people, and facing the, the being mocked and persecuted. I mean, what a huge thing there. It is amazing how many people who have been in leadership roles, not high ones, sadly, that doesn't happen very often, but in other smaller leadership roles who've woken up. I, I just listened to a beautiful man who taught Institute. He's probably in his late seventies, early eighties and taught LDS religion at a university level. And he woke up, the Lord woke him up to what is going on. And, and that is so rare when someone who's been in higher levels will wake up because they're risking their good reputation. Mm -hmm. I don't mind about my reputation in the world. Why would I mind that? If the Lord's asking me to do something or say something, I will do it. I will say it. I want to prove to him he is who I desire to relationship with. He is who I desire to please. And so I was. they took my temple recommend away. You know, and what I, reason did I, they give you? What? What reason did they give you? Because I was putting our prophet, our holy leader who communes with God, even though he never tells us that he's done that, he never shares any experience he's ever spoken to God or been in the presence of the Lord. He has none of those experiences. But but we still, through tradition, have to trust that he is a prophet because they tell us he's a prophet, you know. But um Anyway, he said, by putting President Nielsen's picture on the same side with those guys that I that that I was likening him to those people, and and that was you know, and he goes, I'm going to give you a few weeks to think about it, and we'll come back and talk about it again. And and anyway, he obviously didn't want the conversation, or I just didn't reach back out to him somehow. But it was a long time, and then they release you from calling. So now they shame you by being like, "Well, you're no longer able to teach the the little young kids about Jesus anymore. Sit with them while they sing songs about Jesus because you were worried that you might 
say something against our, our hierarchy, you know, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go ruin some family or, and try to shake them. But I, but I'm happy to sing and read scriptures about Jesus and do whatever in any church, in any church, let's read about Jesus. Let's sing about Jesus. But when you're going to do leader worship, yeah, I'm kind of out. I'm out on that, you know? Yeah. So they take your temple recommend. And I, I thought it was funny because it's like, oh, so I can't go to that big building and uh, wear a mask and keep paying you guys money. You just did me a favor. Like it was, it was yes. actually a beautiful favor for me because then it allowed yeah. me even to even uh, question more things like, well, what is this? What is this temple? Is this in scripture? Is this how the Lord asked us to do things? Can I verify what's going on in the temple? And and then you start to learn things and you're like, yeah, right. I don't know. I think I just want to be sealed up to the Lord because the sealing that's talked about in scripture is is a, something that happens between you and God, which, which is interesting because in Revelations, we talk about the mark of the beast. And the word mark in Revelations is shiragmas from the root shirags, which means that you're etched on, you're, you're marked with something sharp and to a point is what that means. But then when you go on Isaiah, right before the Lord reaps out his final judgment and destruction upon the world, he says, wait, wait just a minute. I'm going to send out an angel who is going to mark my people. Well, Isaiah is written in Hebrew and the word mark in Hebrew is the tog. And the tog is the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And anciently it was written he is going to go and mark those that are for the Lord that will be sealed up and wear the Lord's seal. There's only the only division that we need to worry about is the dividing between those that are for Christ right. who are against him. And the Lord will do that division. Right. We have to try to get our hearts right with God. Uh, man, man tries to divide us on all these silly things. We can love people and not agree with their lifestyle. We can hang out with them and be friends with them and support them and help them through their struggles. Like they will for us, we are all sinners. Our lifestyles all fall short. Right. But who are we trying to please and who are we in relationship with? So it's interesting the difference between that word mark in Revelations and the mark that the Lord gives, which is the top. He tells us to take up our cross and follow him. And true followers of him, it's going to be uncomfortable. And it's going to cost us friends and it's going to cost us, you know, our good reputation maybe within our communities. I mean, I've been in this community. I've raised my family. I've sent my kids on missions. We've helped fund other people's missions. And I still will. I still think it's great when missionaries want to go out and teach about Christ. You know, I, the Catholic church and any, any non-denominational people are trying to go out and, and bring people to Christ, that's great. I don't care what church you're a part of. What a beautiful thing. But you'd better be bringing people to Christ and not to paying membership in an organization that has so many false traditions. And then when you question them, they kick you out. It's like, oh, these are good questions. Yeah. Just like Martin Luther, right? He didn't want to go start a revolution. He just had some good questions. And those good questions have have shown the test of time. They're good questions. We should all re-ask all of our religions. Do they not all, do they, are all of our religions, are religions in general starting to all become more like that beast of the Catholic church, which yeah. is really a beast where it controls your eternal salvation. At least they profess and act as if they do. And, and not, not Catholics, 
She's not. Not Catholics. It's the leaders. I mean, I have no problem with anyone in any denomination. And not all the leaders, but the the ones that are in this global agenda is what we're referring to. The nefarious ones. If if you look at you know just the temples in the Vatican, they are, you know, serpents and oh yeah, creepy, horrifying images. And then you look at the statues around Rome, and it's you know, the the pedophilia and horrible cannibalism and like all the stuff that's depicted is horrifying it's not christ-like it's not right you know something that would make you feel at peace in any form i grew up in new york and you know i would go into the city and see this old architecture and it was always so horrifying the gargoyles and i always thought to myself i don't understand why these things would be placed as ornaments on a building there as especially as a child they scare you to death you're like can we cross to the other side of the street you know um it is interesting but it's interesting how those things like you know we all say now are hidden in plain sight so right. um, um so- we can't we things are meant to keep us blind and so I don't, I don't have any animosity towards anybody. And I'm not saying that what I, my opinion is correct, but I am saying you'd better go and why not go rest with the Lord and ask him if anything I've said is true, or if it's pricked something or resonated, you know, then people should go and ask, why are we afraid of questions? Right. I, my, one of my great, 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 great grandfathers, his name was John Rogers. He was the first to be burned at the stake as a heretic under Queen Mary. Wow. And um, I have that blood, that reformer, the reformation that, you know, I will die. I will lay down my life professing Christ before I will bow down to these globalists. I will not do it. Right, and right. I will not, as long as my children are listening to my influence, I hope they don't either. But I right. can only control myself individually and I will not put my trust in them and bow down to them and this agenda that they're pushing. But the strongest thing you can do as a mother is lead by example. And, you know, you, you are a strong woman. Crash is a strong woman. I'm a strong woman. Frank's a strong man. Throughout this whole thing, you know, here we are still two years later trying to share truth because we love our brothers and sisters on this earth. And, and that is the reason it's not a, um, he said, she said, it's not, I'm right. You're wrong. It's that take a minute to disconnect and just take a look. That's all we're trying to do. Take a look. And like you just said, ask questions and, and wait for the answers, get the answers. But, but look at these things. We just want to, and we're, and we're obviously born advocates, or we wouldn't be standing up so strong with the love of God in our hearts to help bring people closer to Christ so that they can wake up and see what's really happening here, you know? And that's the hard part that we all suffer with, especially when you talk about, you know, your your clients that come over and they have a 15-year-old and they're absolutely beside themselves because of what they've done in allowing these children without doing any research and just blindly believing, which is where the crimes against humanity comes in, is that these entities took our, our faith, took blind faith from loving human beings and abused it. And it's, you know, it, it is absolutely crimes against humanity and abusive. We have a comment here. Um, getting answers to prayers can be tricky because what if you're getting answers from the wrong source? 
So I like that. And I think that's something people should be aware of, that that is possible. And that's how come the Lord has provided us with the second witness, which is our scriptures. And that's why we need to be in those scriptures all the time. I listen to Isaiah. I can't tell you how many times as I'm doing laundry or doing dishes, I'll have Isaiah on. Lately, I've been listening to Hosea, which his is phenomenal as well. But if we are not feasting upon the words of the Lord, and hearing how the word of the Lord sounds like and what truth is, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can know that he's not going to bear witness of sorcery. He never has in the past. So his spirit will never tell us faith in sorcery and to, and to deny the power of God and to deny the power to heal. Which It's crazy that when you ask someone what was God's power, what was one of his miracles when he lived here and was here in the flesh with us on earth? What was one of his powers? Was he healed? And yet we deny that he has that ability to do it. And it's because we don't see it. We don't see that faith used in our immune system and faith in God. He still possesses the power. We just don't have faith. We've lacked the faith. Right. But I mean, there's stories in the Bible where, you know, Jesus was asked to heal and he healed from afar. So he doesn't have to go up in front of you and touch you or anything like that. But um but so I'm gonna throw in a, um, a quick caveat and um, maybe if any of your clients were watching some comfort is that we're not coming from a place like we're not sitting on a high horse saying we don't no. understand how you fell for any of this. Yes, yes, um, yes. We, you know, I, I have injured children that I've had to go through a lot of money and resources and time to heal them from what happened when I trusted my doctor and I made the same mistake. And, and many doctors are fooled too. We're not coming down on doctors. No, right. right. And so it's not, we're not sitting up here on a high horse saying, you know, how could you possibly make this mistake? We're saying we understand and um, we're here to help you forward because we've been through it. Yeah. And to, and just return to who we should have faith in. We put our faith in the wrong things. Right. And that's me. I, my youngest daughter was vaccine injured and, um, and I had heard the rumblings about, oh, this causes this. And, and then you read all their carefully scripted reports and manipulation of information where it's like, oh, no, no, that's not true. So you trust it and, and you think, oh, I'm cutting it because they tug at our heartstrings and they use our emotion to get us to do things. That if we did a little bit of research, we'd be like, no way. It's scary. No way. Yeah, and there's they no do the same, the same tactic as your church does where they make it to where you're going to be socially an outcast if you don't believe what I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, you're the weirdo. Everybody vaccinates their kid. Yeah. Why are you pushing vaccines? It's cured smallpox. It's you know, if we didn't have this amazing miracle, we'd all we'd all be dead. And I think the required reading for every woman as soon as she finds out she's pregnant is they need to read dissolving illusions. If they oh. want to make their own choices after that, go for it. But they need to read that to understand what actually happened and the history behind smallpox and stuff. Right. And we've been, we've been taught that being educated is learning what they teach us. And it's not it's biased. We don't we aren't even able to see the the counter. If if it's not okay to learn someone's opposite point of view, so that then how can we make informed consent about anything in our life if we're unwilling to listen to a counter? viewpoint to our own and that's missing like you said earlier you were talking about how we need to be not closed off to people that have different lifestyles and you know if you look in the bible 
that's counterintuitive to Christianity. That's counterintuitive to everything that we are supposed to be about in progress of humanity and Christianity is to be able to talk to people right. that don't believe what we have. I mean, Jesus talked to all kinds of people. Right. Right. There. Well, I mean, he that's was what I'm saying is that these entities are keeping us divided. Right. And Christ was mocked for what you're hanging out with sinners, you know, the people that they deemed as un unworthy of his exactly being around them so they're like so for sure you must be not a god if you're hanging out with these people because you'd know what a sinner they are and then he's like hey you don't come to heal the well you come to heal the sick and we're all of us sick we have been dropped i mean i fought with the lord and like you have dropped us into this world of delusion we were born into this web of lies that have been created for generations. Our parents were dropped in it. They didn't know they were lying to us. And I don't hold any animosity towards my parents or anybody else. We've all, we all have been brainwashed and victimized by them. So we need to, instead of accepting and promoting our abuser, we all need to realize who's been abusing us all, who's been separating us all, who's yeah. been using all of us. But it, you know, you know, Stockholm syndrome, we all, we, we eventually learn to love our abuser. And that's what's gone on in our society. We don't want to, and, and out of being Christian, we don't want to say anything's bad. We don't, you know, or anyone's bad. So we forget that we do have the right to judge. And we have the right to judge is, and we can definitely judge what we put in our bodies. That should be a top priority to learn and understand. We, you know, and it's sad that, even that was in these jabs, they didn't tell us. It's still hard to get information for most people about what's inside of these jabs because they didn't, nobody wanted to do the research and it was hard to kind of come across and you felt like you were in these icky, dark conspiracy theorist type stuff. Well, and they wouldn't give it to you. A, there was a lot of scientists out there that were, that were attempting and trying, but they couldn't right. get it. So there's a lot of, like you said, like you go to these, uh, sources of information and you're going along and you're like oh this makes sense you have very great information and then you get like 10-15 minutes into it and then they just kind of go on something that's completely discrediting and you're just like well darn <laughs> right and it is scary it's scary to question things that you thought were true about anything about how you were educated about how you know who you thought you could trust about medicine that you thought was safe and effective uh, and then and you have to relearn things but i have been so grateful for the people i've met on my journey people who were already had already been inspired to share herbs and how to take care of our bodies i mean we i don't i don't even know that we've been to the doctor in two years you know i mean well yeah it's, no. it's it's definitely interesting and you know i've always defaulted to that too when my daughter was really young 10 years ago she had problems with her teeth and i would pray to god don't tell me that you can create this beautiful body and once our teeth get a cavity it can't heal you grew it from nothing i just it makes no sense and of course one thing led to another and you can you know there's yeah. a book called cure tooth decay it's all has to do with the diet and our industrialized food and everything else but it's, it's amazing, um, you know, the, uh, every resource we need to cure and heal our, heal our body comes from the earth. God's provided it for us. So, um, so we're, we're coming up on a minute, an, an hour and 14 uh, minutes. So why don't we wrap it up? I wanted to see, Frank, you're talking way too much. So we're not going to let you say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> 
Actually, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I don't know. If you, can you hear me okay? We can hear you. Yeah. Did, did okay. you have any questions or anything you wanted to add to um, what Lisa shared? Lisa, that was absolutely wonderful information. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I've just really been enjoying what she's saying because it, I'm watching somebody come out of what, what I consider a cult and because of their teaching, even, even in regards to Christ, but I'm, I'm watching somebody wake up to understand that their relationship with Christ is a personal relationship and that he is the only mediator between God and man. And so when you get, it's very difficult, you know, having to live, especially in a community. I don't know Lisa's situation in regards to how her life is set up uh, within the uh, Mormon community. I don't know if she's a part of, you know, a more of a structure that she has to pull herself out of. But I, you know, in these kind of things, the only thing I would say is that I, in my life, I, when I found out that if I was a part of something, I had to, I had to make the decision to pull myself out. So in other words, the only thing I would ask Lisa is I know that she had mentioned that she would still consider herself an LDS. My question would be why? Because if you're seeing the truth now and you're seeing the the problems that come along with this teaching that that's always been there, it's just that now you see it. Um, you know, I, I think that there has to be a choice to say, you know what, I am stepping outside and I'm not, you know, they did you a, they, um, they did you a favor by cutting you off. Um, it makes it a lot easier to make those kind of decisions because there's a lot of emotion that's involved. A lot of, uh, this, this has been your whole life. And so, but you know what, doesn't Jesus say that? Doesn't he talk about that? You know, that that we have to abide in him and him alone. And sometimes it takes those tough decisions, um, you know, to say, I don't want to be a part. I don't even want the name. You know, I don't want anything associated with something that is really a business. Uh, and that's yeah. what the Catholic Church is. When it gets down to it, it's a business. Yeah. It's a nonprofit business. And you're, and you're seeing the great reveal of many businesses, religious businesses that um are willing to say we're standing with those that are not going to cut our fundings off. Yeah. And if, and if they're incorporated within that whole system, they're feeling the pressure from above. And, you know, we're getting closer and closer to where all these religions are going to come together. Okay. And we're watching it now. And, um, yeah. Martin, so you Martin. as an individual needs to separate, you know, and sometimes you got to declare it, you know, well, so anyway, so Sorry, Frank, I'm not trying to cut you off. Um, no, no. I, so I'll just clarify this a little bit. My identity will always be LDS. That's how I was raised. But I am. I consider myself a disciple of Christ. And I do recognize that my church is an organization. But just like the apostles, the people that they knew and stuff, they went to try to glean from them. And I think where I'm awake can do a lot of service to other people who may be trying to wake others up and still spending time in relationship with them in trying to point them back to what we thought we truly believed in, but have kind of um, allowed ourselves to be actually truly separated from it. So, so will I ever be participating in any temple ordinances? Nope. Nope. Never again. Will I be paying to this organization? No. So that's the separation I will make. That is the line I will draw. But 
will I still relationship with these people and try to do anything whenever the Lord tells me? So again, on church on, on, on Sunday, where do you want me, Lord? And I'll go wherever you want me. And, and maybe the time is closing. There's no one listening, but as long as the, sorry, as long as the, the Lord is still asking or putting things in my heart to go and do, I'll go and do it with the people that I have been in relationship with these people. I still love that. My family is there. My, my friends are there, but I don't consider myself. It's, you know, I said to my new ecclesiastical leader, I have a new bishop and I said to him, Hey, you know what? If the bylaws in here, because the excommunicated woman, I guess, can just be excommunicated by their bishop. You go to your bishop and your bishop says, Hey, you're out. And it's like, "Ah, all right, I'm out. And that supposedly, I mean, they have taken everything from you, your eternal family, everything by their own, by their own teaching. They act as if they that they are can sit in the seat of God and they have the power to determine whether you get to be eternal with God or not. That's so, so interesting. That's so counter to what the Bible actually says. Like there's there yeah, is no man it's that a complete know. contrast to, but we accept it because it's our tradition, just like the Jews did and the Catholics have and everything else. Like everybody within their religion, we accept things that aren't true because they're tradition, right? And so false tradition is is warned about. Paul did a lot on in Thessalonians, he talks about our false traditions. He calls them fables that we believe in false traditions. So, but- and that's why I say, why would you even consider yourself associated? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, the thing is, is that you can say, well, I'm going to separate myself to this point, but I'm still going to be associated. You well, see, and, that, and that's when it comes down to the end. It's when Jesus said those hard things he said about, you know, hating your mother, your sister, your brother. You know, all for his sake. It wasn't that you were going to hate them, right. uh, literally treat them bad. It was though you were going to say, I am making the, the decision in my life to say, I'm all for Christ and not, no attachments. Frank. And so, a, so I, I respect your, I respect your, um, what you're doing. And I love what you're saying in regards to you waking it up to seeing what's going on. My hope is for many people out there because they might not have that precise thinking a critical thinking that you do and they they're being told it's okay to still be a part of it and they don't know how to handle it so what they will do is they will still look at you know the the prophets as someone to respect but yeah so it's like okay so you where's the where's the line where when do you say you know um so my, my my line will be drawn when the Lord tells me it's done, you've done what you right. need to do. I don't need you to go in there anymore. So just again, the apostles went back to the synagogues and back to the same, the Jews were raised in the same delusion. They were raised under the same delusion at the time of Christ. And he still spent so much time working with them. And then the, the, the apostles did the same. Then the Lord's like, all right, you've kind of done your work. Now go out to the Gentiles and find people who weren't supposed Because they to cut him off because he, he went in there and declared them, <laughs> they were basically going to kill him. Right. So he had, in other words, he didn't go in there to say, I'm going to agree with you to a point. No, he went in there declaring right. what they were doing was completely wrong. Right. And that's what I'm doing. And that's why people are no longer wanting to listen to me. But if I, if the Lord's yeah. telling me, I want you to go in there and stand up and then, 
crazily enough, you get handed the Isaiah scripture. So you get to bear your testimony on that. And you know what? I'm not a leader worshiper. I don't have any respect for the men at the top of our church. I have zero respect for them. I feel bad and I hope they repent. I hope they repent, return to the Lord and that they do it publicly because that's what they have to do because of their position. They have been leading people to the cliff's edge and pushing them off. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. They sit in the high seats in the synagogues. <clears throat> they love to be called master, master and have everybody stand up and give their adoration, just like the Pope. So no, I have, there is, I have no respect for them at all. So, so I hear, I think what I hear, Frank, is that she, like us, why we broadcast and why we share truths is because we love our brothers and sisters, right? And we want them to wake up. So you're fishing, you're, you're, you're sharing, communing, having fellowship so that you can hopefully wake some up someone to the truth of the deception. Oh, that absolutely. Whenever opportunity you, you get, you should. And in a loving way, always in a loving way. But, oh, but here's the no, actually, I'm, I think I'm just taking it to a step further to say, because that there has to be that separation. It has to come become that point where you, where you stand, you're going to be standing before Christ. You're not going to be standing before others. And yes, I get what Lisa's saying. She's going to wait until she feels, that God is saying, okay, now it's time to completely separate. I get that, totally understand that. And I, Lisa, I respect you and your journey. Um, I'm just saying that there's, I think a lot of people are waking up. The tough part is making the decision to actually physically act and say, I am done with the old. I'm awake now to what's going on and I'm fully bored to, with Christ. I'm totally understanding that the apostles, all, they didn't have, denominations they didn't have they had personal relationships with christ personally and I, so I, as they went out as they went out they went out in the power of the holy spirit moving as individuals I so see if, you know from frank but i i also see where she's coming from and i don't i don't of course y'all both have the same um intention but she's coming from a she now is walking with christ but in doing so she is not going to leave the people behind that she has gone to church with that are her family. And so she's going to continue going to this church as long as she feels like she could possibly help. Of them course. I get that. The difference. Yeah. Yeah. Totally the, get that. And I, and I respect the, that. Same end goal. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that. But you know, when I counsel people that are involved in things like this, any type of cult, um, they, it, it's not like, um, I have to say, well, you can keep one foot in and keep one foot out. See, you're in a tough situation because in a lot of these type of, like the Jehovah's Witness and all those, they build a community and families. These are generations after generations of family that are tied in. It's very difficult to come out of it. And so in, in my in my counseling with people, I, I do, I, I teach that you need to separate yourself because it's very difficult. You're a very strong woman and you definitely have had an eye-opening experience. The Spirit of God is definitely moving in your life. And I'm not telling you now you have to step out. Obviously, you're going to be speaking with the Lord in, in prayer. You're going to seek his guidance. And I and I commend you um, for standing up for the truth. I'm just hoping, uh, you know, I'm just hoping, I, I, like we all do, that uh, when it comes down to the end, that people are really going to just have to make a hard choice. Like you said, it's coming. People are going to make some hard choices, and so it's it's a lot more difficult to make that choice when you're when you're somewhat still involved. You know, so, it's so we hard. Have, 
we have some questions and some things. So this is kind of what our show is about. It gives people an opportunity to um, go back and forth and so ever. Someone named uh, <laughs> Sherry has put up uh, and said she's disagreeing with your statement that the LDS church does not say that you won't make it if you're excommunicated. Um, and the LDS church teaches us to follow Christ. I don't think that I heard Lisa say that it doesn't teach you to follow Christ at, at all. Um, but there's that statement on that. I don't know if you want to say anything about that. And, and, and depending on the church you go to, you could be learning something different. Is it possible that one of the churches will tell you if you get excommunicated? No, no, it's no excommunication is like, they have taken, they, you have no, your temple ordinance says all, everything has to be redone. So to get back into the church, you have to get a baptism back. So if we believe that baptism is required to get on the path to Christ and they have taken your baptism, they have taken your temple ordinances, it's like they, it was like you never existed within the church. So yeah, they definitely, it's, it, they, it, they have said that they've taken your ordinance. So, um, but as far as uh, teaching about Christ, yes, of course they teach of Christ. They, they have scriptures about Christ. And there's many beautiful people who actually believe and follow Christ who don't worship the leaders within that, just like within the Catholic Church or within Jehovah Witnesses or anything like that, right? And, I, and I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name that said it's not a cult. Sherry. I would, I would encourage you, Sherry, to go and look up what the definition of a cult is. So that you can say, do, is there any similarities between the LDS church and a cult? And I, and, by, and for the record, I never, I, I'm not saying that they're a cult any more than I'm saying that every other religion isn't a form of a cult. They all become that way. They all end up becoming like a cult where they're holding your eternal salvation. And, um, and the, the other thing is, is when we have been in an abusive mind, uh, when we have had our when we have been so thoroughly brainwashed from the time we were born to accept everything that, that comes over the pulpit of Mormondom as equal truth, all of it is truth, then when you finally wake up to that there's it's not truth, not only is not everything said over that pulpit, but one of the so you were talking about catalysts that made me open my eyes. They put out this huge two volume set, both of them huge. I don't know where my camera is, big thick, hundreds and hundreds of pages on their history. They called them the saints book. And that was another thing. I, my son wanted to read it because his leader had given it to him and told him, hey, read it so you understand our history. So I started reading it with the kids at night. We read through it every night and it took us months to get through that book. And as I was reading, I was like, what, what, what? Yeah. You know, and so then I started doing research and finding things. Well, our church lies about its own history. And um, and I would encourage everybody to go pick through it. If you believe, if you think you know the true history of the church, then it doesn't, it's not going to ruin your testimony to go prove that what you think is true is true. But you'd better, you'd better be willing to hear both sides of why people think that there's problems in church history versus not. And there's a lot of good YouTubers out there that have shown that lots of very brave people, much braver than I am, and who woke up much earlier than I have, that have that they did the same for me. So when you say to walk away from it, 
by identifying as that, it's a unique culture. So when you can share with them their own scriptures and their own things that damn them, in, if, then you can help them see what they have been, it, that has been so hidden from them. And um, just like a hard pill to swallow for any one of us to be told, it's like it's like finding out your spouse is cheating on you. That's yeah. the person you thought it was. Not yeah, not me. And and so the thing is, is and it's not all aspects. You know? If I'm gonna, if I'm coming out of an abusive relationship, who do I want to go and talk to? Is someone who also came out of that abusive relationship? Then we can communicate together and share our experience and experience together and build each other again. Because it is it it levels you. To ask these questions totally breaks you. And to realize just the level of control that you had been in. And we're all taught to say the same thing. You know, we all we all just give the same cookie cutter answers. And when again, when people start asking questions that make us feel uncomfortable, we go back to, no, the prophet can never lead us astray. And I'm like, okay, well, where is that in scripture? And what other prophet in scripture did Isaiah stand up and say, all of you guys have got to follow me and do exactly what I'm telling you to do. Because I can never lead you astray. No, he got up and said, the Lord told me this. And you need to go and repent and do whatever. But he never pointed to himself as somebody that you needed to go to to listen to. That he would never lead you astray. That's not how it works. They, When people are inspired, they share what they've been inspired to. Then go do what with it what you want. Go to the Lord and ask, is this right, Lord? Is is my religious denomination under condemnation because we aren't we aren't in you, even though we talk of Christ, right? The Lord says, I mean, this is horrifying when the people come and they say to him, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? We cast out devils and we healed people, we did all these amazing things in your name. And the Lord says, Depart from me, I never knew you. That's right. I never knew you. Right. These are people who are using the Lord's name. So we have to realize that people who are standing up using the name of Christ, using his scriptures can still be deceivers. Absolutely. We have to understand what the difference is between truth and fiction, tradition yep. and 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 what is truth. And if we aren't willing right. to that then we don't need the truth and that's how revelation ends at the end of revelations when it's talking about who will be left outside the kingdom of heaven he says dogs sorcerers whoremongers and makers and lovers of a lie if we love the liars then we're then we'll end up with them i love the lord exactly. and so christ and i love his scriptures i don't want to listen to or believe liars I don't want to be lied to. I've never liked lies. I don't like lying. And I don't like feeling like I've been deceived or lied to. And so for me, right. it's a mission to try to help them see from someone who's lived it. I, I mean, I have no, I, I don't desire to destroy anything. I just want to repoint people back to Christ. And right. I get it. Just like, just like with the vaccines. I believed in the vaccines too. I went and got my kids jabbed. I will forever be sick that I ever had faith in those. So I've, I've broken now and I'm trying to warn other people because that's what we do. When we find out we're in error and we have gone down a wrong path, we try to stand at those crossroads and say, don't go down that way or come back, get out of there, come back out of there. And and a lot of people use um, use like they'll say we think that because we feel the spirit in church that the church must be true or we have spiritual experiences with the church that must be true no we're just have feeling the spirit catholics 
feel the spirit in their church. When truth is spoken, it resonates with us. It doesn't matter what church we're sitting in. And a lot of churches are really good to build up families. I appreciated the Mormon church. They are a family-oriented church. Their things are built up around doing family things. And that's a great thing to do, to have activities for your kids where they're going to learn about Jesus. But lots of Christian denominations do that. Lots of churches and lots of people are geared around family. Truly anybody who believes in Christ is family oriented and marriage oriented and truth oriented. Right. But, um, so I think so Sh Sherry, you missed, you said you came in on the end. I just want to, I just, we, we we're going to need to close up, but I just want to say something. Um, in the beginning, we talked about that there's wonderful people and wonderful things in all churches. And then there's a lot of deception also. And, you know, Lisa has woken up and experienced a tremendous amount of deception. You know, you said feeling better going to church. I agree. There's, you know, there's being any steps closer to Christ. Hey, guys, I, I, steps I, really, I, I have to go. The weather's getting sporty and I got to go okay. up with the animals. We're closing up right now. Yeah. Love Thank you. you. Love you too. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye, Crash. Um, but what, what Lisa said in the beginning, and let's just close with this, you have to take a good, hard look at the gatekeepers. If it's conditional for you to get to Christ, there's a problem. Because nowhere in the Bible does anybody give conditions except for Christ himself. So if you have to tithe or if you have to do something or and you're being made to feel as that you will not make it to heaven or to have a relationship with christ unless you do something that's a red flag so that was kind of talked about in the beginning um so if you know if you feel like you would like to chat further you know with lisa about it i'm sure she'd be happy to email you um just reach out to our email at crashing justice at gmail.com and I can, you know, get her in touch with you or Frank or anybody else here, um, Sherry. And I'm so glad that, uh, and I agree, you're walking with Christ is always makes you feel better at, at, as a person for sure. Um, so I just want to read a few other comments here. I, before we hang up, um, Frank, I know you yes. can't read it cause you're driving, but John O says, Hey, justice, tell Frank, John O says he looks better today than last night. Jet travel <laughs> made him tired. <laughs> so now you can be embarrassed online, John. You didn't think I would broadcast that, but yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't see, I didn't see last night. But um, and then I I totally agree with Charles here. If you know if an organization is under the five hundred one three C C three there's a problem and that's what yes, Frank talked about is if you're you're paying homage to the dollars you're receiving instead of your true commitment to spreading the word of the lord so yeah. that's why you see a lot of the churches that closed and a lot of the churches that masked and so forth and so on right. um, and yes a person that what we're striving for is our personal personal relationship with christ nobody could, should get in the way of that and that's clear in the bible that you can have that and and that is between you and jesus christ and he begs for it um there's something cute that i'll share on the next broadcast that somebody shared once it's called the the six t's which i look forward to to sharing but um let's see here all right that's all the comments and all the questions um any parting parting words from or questions, Frank, before we wrap this up for Lisa, before we. Well, I, I want to thank Lisa for being here. I want to thank her for sharing her story. 
And uh, I think it's great to be in a time where we can openly talk about things. And yeah, you know, even Christians are not going to agree on, on a lot of different things, uh, even in respect to Jesus and who he really is and, and the different, um, let's just say, religions that, that teach a, a quote Jesus. I think, uh, if anything, uh, we, we see a lot of the, the warnings from Christ himself in regards to the end times where there are a lot of false Christs and false prophets that are going to do some amazing things. And so, if anything, we're warned about those things. And so I think the fact that the, the, the Spirit of God is allowing people to wake up to what's going on, um, my hope is that people take it, take it uh, extremely serious because what's coming um, is not false. It, we're, not, we're not here just trying to say this is just one, another experience in our lives that's just a part of every, every other experience that we have. No, there are things that are coming, especially those who understand what Jesus himself said and declared what was coming. It's extremely serious. And um, and so my hope is, uh, as Lisa has uh, continuing to wake up, I pray, Lord, that uh, that many others do also. And I'm not saying that I'm all there, that I have all the answers. Not at all. Uh, but just, you know what, if you want to talk about Jesus, um, let's look at what he actually says. And, and I think that's key. It is being getting in those scriptures, um, and I, I can end with that. So thank you, Lisa, so much for being with us. Hey, thank you. I just noticed one of the comments from Flor from Sherry that was earlier that said two people are asking the same question and getting different answers. They can't both be right. Yeah, they absolutely can be right. I can ask a question for me and say, Lord, do you want me here? And he says, no, for you at this time, I don't want you there. And for another person prays and says, Lord, should I keep going? And the Lord says, yes, I need you to keep going. So that's the beauty of our relationship with the Lord, right? So we can each get information and answers and we're all at different levels of learning and understanding. The Lord is a perfect teacher. He knows exactly where we are, what next step we need to take in our life to, to have relationship with him. And so the most important thing is that we are relationshiping with him. We can all learn from each other's stories and journeys, but ultimately the disciple that we need to be to is to the our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I appreciate all we're all going about it differently and the Lord is inspiring us all with different things that we need to do. But thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for coming. Um, we, you know, we were open to all comments. Thank you, Sherry, for your, for your, you know, input. Um, Frank, Marianne, Frank just uh, dropped off accidentally. I don't know if he'll be back, but I'll let him know. Um, but we, that's what this is about. This is why we call it Christianity Unleashed, because we want to give people a chance to talk about the things and to confront and to work it all out because there's what, what the, what we, the, the big goal is for us to be, um, to be able to communicate effectively and lovingly again, because the media has stolen that from us. Wow. What happens is, we're taught as if you don't agree or, or my truth, what I t was taught, or let's just say I was raised in a different, you know, uh, Mormon church on the other side of the state. And we learned two different things. Now we're both going to say, well, no, it's this way. No, it's this way because we were taught and what we're taught, we believe to be true by the people that we trust, right? Just like our parents or anything else. But the, the, the healthy thing, what we need to get back to is to be able to have open discussion like adults and to be able to disagree healthy and lovingly at the end of the day and then send off kisses and hugs and say goodbye, you know, and say, we'll see you next week. And 
go give somebody a hug, go get in your Bible, you know, share some truth, do some good. It's just all about sharing truth and helping people now wake up from the evil because it's not different parts of the Mormon church against one another. It's not the Jews against the Catholics, against the Mormons, against the, you know, metaphysics against the whomevers. We are the human race and we're being divided and separated by Satan's minions, which are evil. And they are coming through the televisions and through our medical and through everything else. Um, that's the big picture. That's clearly what I see. And I don't know, you know, that's just, that's my personal awareness at this moment. And my hope is that more and more people wake up to, to seeing that this is good versus evil. And they want to pit us against each other and keep us divided through any means necessary. And if it's through religion, through skin color, through sexual orientation, we talked about this at the beginning. That's where we have to say, you know, stick your fingers in your ears, open the Bible, sit down and pray wait for God to talk to you. And then you take action on that. And those actions are always about love and peace, right? It's always about love and peace. And a lot of times it's really hard. It's about asking for forgiveness or saying, I'm sorry to someone in your house that you feel you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a hard part. You know, we have those struggles and we're like, for peace, I feel I'm right, but I'm going to say, I'm sorry, especially tough personalities. Right? So that's what it's about. It's about healing. It's about healing our world, allowing people to talk on this platform and getting together as brothers and sisters and wiping away this division that they're creating, you know, vaxxed, unvaxxed, masked, unmasked, creating people to hate one another and keep us separated. And we have to rise above that. So that's my two cents. That's, that's the purpose of this. God put this second part of our broadcast on our hearts so that we could pull our, our Christ, our Christian lovers together, no matter what church they come from, no matter what upbringing they come from, that we can all talk and say, I love you. I don't know you out there, all of you watching, but I love you. I love you as my brothers and sisters for joining and wanting to hear the word of God and to hear different perspectives and to share your perspectives as well. So so with that, um, let's say a prayer. Lisa, would you like to say a prayer or would you like me to? No, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Okay, beautiful. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this opportunity that we had to discuss hard things, to talk about things that might not be comfortable, and pray that anyone who has the opportunity to watch this, either now or at some future time, will take these things into their heart and to take them to you, that they won't believe anything that we have said, Lord, but that they will go to thy holy word and scripture, and that they will start a relationship with you and ask you for your guidance in their life. Father, we know that thou can that it is through you that we want to be truly unified, that it is to you that we want our unity and peace, and that's who it comes from, and that we're not seeking it from these false lights, these false sources that are trying to offer us freedom and safety and protection in, the, in not in your way. Father, instead, bless us that all of our minds will be open, that anyone who desires relationship with you, who desires to know the truth, that they can find it and that it will resonate in their heart and that you can do the, your work, Father, and that we can just help in pointing people to you. Again, we thank thee for all the many people who have woken up and shared their experiences and their stories that have helped us on our path to having a stronger relationship with you and to being not allowing ourselves to deny thy power in our lives that we can Seek thee out more fully, and we say these things humbly in the name of thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
Well, beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, um, and we pray for all of you out there that joined us today and that are listening. Um, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here with us. And um, we uh, send our love and blessings and we will be back next week. And uh, Lisa, would you like to join us again at some point? We'd love to have you back. Yeah, if you want me back, I'm, I'm welcome to come back. Thank Absolutely. you. Beautiful. Okay. All right, folks. Well, um, have a wonderful evening. And uh, let me go ahead here and um, find my little end broadcast button. There it is. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. It was so great to have this chat. Thank you again, Lisa. We'll talk Thank to you. Guys. Okay. Bye.